Another weekend of sports is in the books. The Browns beat the Titans. Baker Mayfield throws for four touchdowns. Impressive, impressive stuff. The Falcons lose to the Saints for the second time in two weeks. Taysom Hill has his best game as a starter. The Rams beat the Cardinals. They go to first place in the NFC West. The Cardinals fall out of the playoffs. In the Premier League, Tottenham wins the North London Derby. They take care of Arsenal. They stay top of the table. Liverpool trashes Wolves 4-0. They're not going anywhere. All these injuries, they're still one of the best teams in the Premier League. This is Hard to Handle Sports, episode number 20. My name is Ismael San Juan. Let's get started. In the NFL, week 13 is done, or almost done. There's three games left, two on Monday, one on Tuesday. Washington Steelers, Washington versus Steelers, Bills versus 49ers, Cowboys versus Ravens are the three games remaining. But let's quickly run over the scores for the Sunday's games. Saints beat the Falcons 21-16. Uh, we'll touch more on that later. Jaguars 24, Vikings 27. The Jaguars started out strong. They had a chance to win this game. But then they remembered they're still in contention for that first overall pick. They could still potentially get Trevor Lawrence. So they lost. Vikings get the seventh seed in the NFC. Cardinals lost too. So Vikings, by virtue of that, get the last playoff spot. Will they be able to hold on? They have a tough schedule, so we'll see. But Vikings, for the time being, are in the playoffs. The Browns take care of the Titans. They look good. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Lions beat the Bears. The Bears lose their sixth straight game. Lions even up with the Bears in the standings. They're both one game out of the playoffs. So we'll see if either of them could make a make a jump into the playoffs. I trust the Lions more than the Bears. The Bears are done. Fire Nagby. Blow, blow it up. Look for a quarterback. Move on from Trubisky. Nick Foles is not the answer. Fix that line. Shout out Montgomery, though. You're a good running back. Uh, you've been playing great the last few weeks. So shout out to Montgomery. Dolphins 19, Bengals 7. Uh, Bengals are mathematically out of the playoffs. They've been out. Um, we all know they weren't going to make a push, especially without Burrow. Dolphins, they stay one game behind the Bills. Colts 26, Texans 20. Texans had a chance to win at the end, but they blew it with the turnover, with the goal-to-goal situations. Colts win 26-20. They tie with the Titans for the top of the AFC South. Raiders 31, Jets 28. Similar to the Jaguars, but more blatantly, the Jets, they had a chance to win. Raiders were going to be embarrassed two weeks in a row after losing to the Falcons last week. But the Jets, low-key or high-key, threw the game away at the end. Uh, They did an all-out blitz up four, trying to hold off the other team from a touchdown. Come on. Raiders win. They keep their playoff chances alive. Upset of the week. Giants 17, Seahawks 12. Giants go to Seattle and beat the Seahawks. Seahawks, they've all but lost their chance to end up with the number one seed in the NFC and get the bye. Uh, Russell Wilson will not be the MVP again this year. He's definitely squandered that opportunity. The Giants look like they're for real. Their defense is picking it up. Um, Shout out to the Giants. It looks like it's either them or Washington for the NFC least. Rams 38, Cardinals 28. We'll touch on that in a little bit, but Rams... Take first place of the NFC West by virtue of this win and the Seahawks lost. The trashing, the the biggest beatdown of the week. Patriots 45, Chargers 0. Chargers got embarrassed. Fired Coach Land, get rid of him. Patriots stay alive. They're 6-6 six six now with a chance to potentially make the playoffs and keep their streak alive. 
Eagles 16, Packers 30. Um, Devonta Adams is a beast. Aaron Rodgers is a beast. Aaron Jones is a beast. The Packers look like contenders. They take care of the Eagles. And the story, Carson Wentz finally got benched. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts. He brought them back a little bit. He made a one-possession game, but then the Packers were able to close it out. And the Broncos, they were trying to get uh, the upset of the week award from the Giants, but the Chiefs hold on. They beat them 22-16. And those are your scores for week 13 of the NFL season. Uh, most fantasy uh, football leagues are ending, and they're going into the playoffs next week or the week after. So shout out to all the people that made their fin- their fantasy playoffs. Good luck to everybody. And one more time, the three games remaining, Washington versus Steelers on Monday, Bills 49ers on Monday, Cowboys-Ravens on Tuesday. So first game I wanted to get into, one of the games that I predicted, Saints versus Falcons for the second time in two weeks. I thought the Falcons were going to be able to pull the upset at home versus the Saints. I thought they were going to have film on uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, But to my surprise... Uh, Taysom Hill actually played really good. I gotta give him props. I gotta, uh, you know, give props when people deserve it. 27 for 37, 232 yards, two touchdowns. He was able to throw the ball relatively accurate. Um, he also rushed for 83 yards. I think this is his strongest part of his game. He's a physical runner. He's not afraid to get dirty, throw his body on the line. That's what I like about Taysom Hill. He's tough. He, he there's one word to describe Taysom Hill is he's tough, he's gritty, and he's going to put it all on the line for the team. He did have a turnover at the end of the game that could have been costly, but the Falcons were not able to come back all the way, come all the way back. So good for the Saints. They escape Atlanta 21-16. The Saints really have a nice defense. They're they're one of the best defenses. Underrated defense. They do like just enough. They get enough pressure on the quarterback. Um, they bend, but they don't break. They're a good defense. I like the Saints' defense. The Saints' offense is good, too. Once once Drew Brees comes back, they'll be real scary. Uh, the, the the matchup that I'm looking the most forward to is the New Orleans Saints versus the Kansas City Chiefs in two weeks. Uh, I'm very curious to see if Drew Brees will be back by then. They're saying Taysom Hill still going to play this week, but we don't know about the Kansas City Chiefs game in two weeks. I think it will be exciting either way. I kind of want to see how Taysom Hill goes against uh, Andy Reid and that defense and if he's able to ball out. And if he does, maybe pulls, pulls, off, uh, pulls off an upset and then the Taysom Hill like hype train will just go crazy. There might be a quarterback controversy. They might say, well, damn, we just beat the Chiefs. Should we even go back to Drew Brees? I don't know if the Saints want that problem in their hand. So if Drew Brees is healthy, I'm pretty sure they'll just uh, think they'll just think Taysom Hill for riding the ship, for being this year's version of Teddy Bridgewater next year. And then they'll hand the keys over to Drew Brees. And then if Drew Brees is able to get like an upset win against the Chiefs, then it will like silence the few people that will want Taysom Hill to keep going. And if they lose, well, then it's the Chiefs and it's not that big of a deal. So I think the Saints are positioning themselves to get that number one seed. The Packers do have an easier schedule, so if the Saints slip up just one game, the Packers could leapfrog them. And I don't, I think the Saints need that buy more than the Packers because their QB is a little older or like five years older than um, Aaron Rodgers. So Drew Brees needs that buy. I think they should be able to hold on 
if they're able to upset the Chiefs, they, that's the only game that they could potentially lose. But one more time, I wanted to give Taysom Hill a shout out. I was kind of rough on him, calling him a tight end playing quarterback. And I thought he was going to get exposed by the Falcons. Falcons don't have the best defense, but they did, uh, you know, play really good against the Raiders last week. They, it was a great showing. Raheem Morris kind of turned that team around a little bit. So that was my justification and thinking Taysom Hill was going to struggle. And Taysom Hill didn't look good against the Broncos. Maybe that was the script of the game, but he he, it looked like they didn't want him to throw the game away. Like they didn't trust him. So that, that kind of like steered me in the other direction. But Taysom Hill plays pretty clean football, and that's all the Saints need him to play at this moment. Keep the chains moving. And Taysom Hill being a dual threat, he's able to provide that for the Saints. I'm curious to see how teams will adapt to him. Like, we've seen how teams adapt to Lamar Jackson. So, I'm curious to see how teams, once Taysom Hill gets more and more tape, how they're able to adapt and if he's able to adapt with them and, like, stay one step ahead of them. He does have Sean Payton, who's an offensive genius, so that probably helps him, unlike uh, Lamar Jackson, who has uh, Harbaugh and he was a special teams coach. So, maybe Taysom Hill has that edge over Jackson that he has a better coach and a coach that could like help him mature into a better quarterback or mature as teams figure him out. So I think Taysom Hill has done enough to at least be the top candidate for that starting position once Drew Brees hangs it up. Uh, it doesn't mean the Saints shouldn't look for like maybe some free agents that come that are available or maybe even trading for Dak Prescott or trading for Matthew Stafford or maybe drafting a quarterback. I think the Saints should and they probably will explore all their options, even give uh, Winston's a, a chance. But Taysom Hill, he's done enough to uh, at least you know get a fair shot at being the the franchise quarterback moving forward after Drew Brees. He's done enough. He hasn't messed up. He hasn't messed it up. He's three and zero. So good for Taysom Hill. Um, I'm happy for him. The gritty guy. I didn't believe in him at the beginning. He's starting to make me a believer. I do want to see more. I do want to see how he does. This upcoming week against the Eagles. Eagles, they don't have like a stifling defense, but I just want to see if he's able to build on this, get like another 200 yards passing, get another 50 yards rushing, no turnovers. Let's see if he can have some clean games back to back. But he's starting to make me a believer. Um, Sean Payton, I'm definitely a believer of Sean Payton. He's a great quarterback. And the Saints took care of business. That was my upset of the week. I, I wanted to pick Washington over the Steelers, but I didn't. They still got to play, so we'll see how that turns out. But my upset of the week was the Falcons upsetting the Saints and the Saints proving that they're a good team. They, they get a tough win in Atlanta. So shout out to the Saints. They stay the number one seed in the NFC. And the next game that I wanted to touch on or that I had predicted previous to week 13, the Titans versus the Browns. Uh, another shout out, another apology that I got to give Baker Mayfield. I didn't go as harsh as Baker on Baker Mayfield as I did for Taysom Hill, but Baker Mayfield, you impressed me yesterday. Four touchdowns, three touchdowns in the first half, I believe. It looked amazing. Uh, that offense was firing on all cylinders, and they left some touchdowns on the board too. If you were watching the game early, I think when it was 0-0, Browns were diving down the field. Baker Mayfield hit uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones like right in the mittens. If he would have catched that, he he has like four yards to go with no one around him. He would have scored for sure. But he dropped the ball and they had to settle for a field goal. Donovan Peoples-Jones did end up getting a touchdown later on on a beautiful double move that um, Baker Mayfield hit him with. Um, but 
they definitely left some points out there, and they scored 38 and a half, the most points in a half by a team this season. So shout out to Baker Mayfield, shout out to the Browns, nine and three for the season, guarantee a winning season for the first time in, uh, since they had that ten and six season, I believe, with Derek Anderson as their head as their um, quarterback. So it's been a while. It's been a while. I know the Browns have struggled. They've gone through their pains. They've gone through so many quarterbacks. But finally, 9-3, and three, it virtually guarantees them a playoff spot unless they really just completely choke this last four weeks. They do have a tough schedule. They still have to play the Steelers. They still have to play the Ravens next week. But the Ravens are not the last year's Ravens. So, But they did, to the Ravens' credit, they did they did uh, give the Browns a beatdown earlier in the season, so the Browns should be extra motivated to show that they're one of the big teams in the NFL. So I, I know they want revenge on the Ravens. And then the last week of the NFL season, Week 17, they played the Steelers. The Steelers might have first place in the AFC clinched by that point. So we'll see if they if they have if they have a if they have it clinched. We'll see if they play their starters. Because the Chiefs do play the Saints. If the Saints beat the Chiefs, then the Steelers might, because of that, uh, clinch the first seed. So we'll see if they get the best Steelers. If they don't, if the Steelers are still playing for something, that could be a tough matchup for the Browns. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Baker Mayfield, 334 passing yards, four touchdowns, 25 out of 33. That's like one. That's a beautiful stat line. He had, for the season, he has 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 3-1 to one pass to interception ratio, like 98 um quarterback rating so baker mayfield quietly he doesn't have the yards but he he quietly is having a really good season bounce back season after last year's down year and uh nick chubb and kareem hug continue to be a running threat that play action is amazing baker mayfield is a different quarterback when you can't pressure him the titans have one of the worst passing um pressuring defenses i think they're 29th in the nfl 28th or 29th at pressuring the quarterback, and it was evident yesterday. That's a big problem for the Tennessee Titans. If you're Tennessee Titan fans, uh, you, that should keep you up at night because the offense is pretty good. If you get Derrick Henry going, uh, that play action, A.J. Brown, um, Corey Davis, those you got some weapons. You could definitely do something with that offense, but that defense isn't scaring anybody. Um, quarterbacks have a lot of time to dissect that that passing defense. So we'll see how far the Tennessee Titans go. Uh, last year, they made it to the AFC Conference Final, or AFC Conference Championship. I don't think they'll get there this year. Uh, even They still have a chance to miss the playoffs. They're tied with the Colts now at 8-4. and four, And they could potentially miss the playoffs. Uh, the AFC playoff race is going is crazy. So the Tennessee Titans need at least three, three, three wins to se- secure that playoff spot. Two probably gets it done, but we'll see how they do in this last coming weeks. Um, I did have the Colts winning the division, so we'll see how it plays out. Eight and four right now. Uh, they they too much too big of a hole in the first half. They didn't show up. They showed some heart in the second half. Mike Bravo's I knew Mike Bravo's team was not going to give up. He has instilled that in that team. They're fighters. So I I was pretty impressed to see them come back in the second half, but it was just insurmountable insurmountable lead. We'll see how they do next week. Uh, they play. The Jaguars next week, so a big opportunity to bounce back against a struggling Jaguars team that has Mike Lennon as their quarterback. And like I said, the Browns have the Ravens, so we'll see how they do. And then they have the Giants. The Giants have been playing really good, so two tough matchups. And then they get a break with the Jets, and like I said, they close with the Steelers. So I I do have the Browns holding on to a playoff spot. They just need to get two wins out of their last 
four games and they're in mathematics, like basically because of all these matchups. So we'll see uh, we'll see how this plays out. But Baker, one more time, Baker Mayfield, shout out to you. You had a great game. I'm starting to become a believer of the Browns. And they're going to make the playoffs. So shout out to the Browns. Um, Tennessee Titans, we'll see if they're able to hold on. But it was a good game. It was an entertaining game. There was a lot of points scored, uh, especially by the Browns in the second half. The second half, they only scored three, but that lead that they built was more than enough. Tennessee Titans try to make a furious comeback, but it's just too little, too late. But overall, a great game. Uh, I'm not that sad that I didn't hit on my prediction. Uh, I, I enjoyed the game. Baker Mayfield put on a show. It was it was fun to see. Uh, the Browns are a fun team. When when the weather permits, the Browns are a fun team. So I'm definitely going to tune in, especially next week. That's probably going to be one of the games I predict. Ravens versus Brown on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a good game. So that was the second game for this week that I predicted, and I got wrong. I went 0-3 in the NFL this, this week. Uh, pretty upsetting, but, I mean, it happens. No one's ever gone 100%. Upsetting to go 0-4-3, but it is what it is. And the third game that I picked was the uh, the Rams versus the Cardinals. I had the Cardinals winning. Uh, they had lost two games coming in. The Rams, um, they had lost to the 49ers the week before. The 49ers with their back quarterback. So both teams didn't come in that hot. Um, so I thought the, the Rams were going to lose to the Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals were going to play with more urgency. And the first like drive... The Cardinals go down the field and they score a long touchdown. And I'm like, okay, there we go. That's what I predicted. Cardinals were going to come out firing. But to my surprise, uh, they really cooled off and they lost. And now the Cardinals are out of the playoffs right now. As it stands, they're the eighth seed. Uh, the Vikings just passed them on the on the standings. So it's looking rough for the Cardinals now. Six and six after being six and three. When they were six and three, they were the first seed in the NFC West, they've lost three straight now. And now they're outside looking in. They're not even in the playoffs. And I had said this whole season, because I've, I've been covering the Cardinals a lot this season. I've been saying, if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, you you should be happy. When, like This was when they were doing good. Even if you don't win the division, because they were division contenders for a while, you should be happy the way the team is trending. Because they were like, what, 3-13, and 13, or two and fourteen when they drafted Kyler Murray. And then last year they got like five or six wins. And then this year they were on track to make the playoffs. Probably finished around with ten wins halfway through the season. That's probably what you were projecting for the Cardinals. And I was saying, even if you don't win the division this year, you kind of like the progression the team's making from like, all right, we're not we're not at the bottom of the NFL six and ten, and then we're making the playoffs the next year. And then the next year you, you start like getting real aspirations. But if they don't make the playoffs this year, if they somehow choke this away after starting six and three, then you really got to start looking at the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. What are you doing? Uh, a lot of people were hesitant about that signing just because he was a quarterback guru, like like they labeled him in the college. He had a lot of prospects come out from his system, or a lot of um, college quarterbacks put up great stats under his system. But that never translated to wins in his system. He never really had a over 500 team, which surprised a lot of teams once he became the head coach for the Cardinals because he never really had a winning uh, record as a college coach. So now that the Cardinals are 6-6, six and six, is it time to start putting a lot of the blame on Cliff Kingsbury? Is he in the hot seat? I, I, I would find it hard for him to get fired in his second season, but 
the Cardinals just collapse in the second half of the season. They're six and six now after starting six and three. If they finish like seven and nine, even like eight and eight, it will probably be a disappointment. They need to finish nine and seven minimum, I think, for for this season to not be a disappointment. Even right now, it's it's probably already a disappointment just the way the, these last three weeks have gone. But if the Cardinals finish with a negative record or just eight and eight, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough to say they should keep Cliff Kingsbury, especially when the offense has been struggling, and that's his bread and butter. That's what got him hired. And the next four games for the Cardinals: Giants, Eagles, 49ers, and Rams. Giants are playing better. Eagles, uh, Eagles are bad. But if they lose to the Giants, if they lose four straight to the Giants, oh man, I I know the Arizona media will be all over him. And they would basically kind of shoot themselves in the foot and make it real hard for them to make the playoffs. Because then finishing with the Niners and the Rams, that's going to be tough. And the Rams are going to be fighting for playoff positioning all the way to the end. So we'll see. Uh, that's not going to be a tough. That's not going to be an easy matchup. Like it's not like a, the Browns when they play the Steelers that they could potentially be sitting people. The Rams are definitely going to be playing all their players in Week 17. So. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, you gotta you gotta turn the ship around. Uh, Kyle Murray, he needs to play better too. Yesterday, only 173 yards passing, uh, three touchdowns, one interception. Needs to cut down on the turnovers. And since he hurt his shoulder with with uh, against the Seahawks, he hasn't ran the ball as much. He keeps saying that it's fine, that it's nothing. But I mean, yesterday he only he ran the ball five times for 15 yards. Uh, what happened to the Kyle Murray that was running for like over 160 yards, maybe like 100 yards? Have teams figured him out? This offense is not that complex. For all the plays, uh, for all the praise that Cliff Kingsbury gets, uh, this offense is not that dynamic. It's not that complex. You don't see too many crazy formations or plays. So if Cliff, if Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is going to hold on to his job, we need to see that offense really pick it up, carry that defense. That defense is not good at all. Uh, allowing 38 to the Rams and, you know, to uh, like, they played decent against the Seahawks, but that defense is not good. And that team is built on their offense. Cliff Kingsbury is a quarterback. He's an offensive genius. He's labeled like that. So if, if they're going to turn the season around, I think and Cliff Kingsbury needs to step up his game, game um, his play calling, his offensive uh, approach. And this, this offense needs to carry this team. And they're on a free fall right now. They've lost three straight. They're out of the playoffs as it tends. So we'll see if they're able to hop back in. The Vikings do have a tough schedule, and they're ahead of them. So we'll see how this plays out. But unfortunate for the Cardinals, what's going on? Um, so and for the Rams, bounce back game after losing to the to the Niners, and they take first place. They got lucky. Shout out to the Giants. They should be real happy with the Giants upsetting the Seahawks. Now they're first place in the NFC West. They're the third seed in the in the NFC, and some some games have to go their way, but they do position themselves to win the NFC West. I had them missing the playoffs this year. I didn't believe in them. But Coach McVay, he's a, he's great. McVay, you're a great coach. Uh, you can tell he's a great guy, too, just from watching, like, um, what's that show called? Uh, the HBO show, Hard Knocks. Yeah, from Hard Knocks, you can tell he's, he's he looks like a, a good person. But the Rams play the Patriots. The Patriots are hot. Um, they're 6-6 six and six now. They're back to 500. The Patriots are fighting for the playoff positioning. And then they have the Seahawks. And the Cardinals left still. And then the Jets sprinkled in the middle. That's an easy win. But Thursday night football against the Patriots. Quick turnaround for the Rams. I'm excited to see how they do against the Patriots. Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. So we'll see how that plays out. But 
I think I have the I will that might be one of the games I predict. I think I have the Patriots winning just because it's a short week and Belichick is a genius. But the Rams are they did look good against the Cardinals, so that's a tough one. Don't want to predict right now, but that's gonna be a good game. Thursday night football, Patriots versus Rams. Make sure to tune into that. But those were my three games for this week. I went 0 for 3, unfortunately. Cardinals couldn't pull it off. Um, upset of the week, Falcons, I thought they were going to pull off the upset. They were close, but they couldn't get it done. And I had the Titans winning at home after beating the Colts last week, and the Browns showed up and took care of them. So 0 for 3 this week. We'll see how we do next week. But this does it for the NFL section of the podcast. Uh, let's switch over to the, to the Premier League. Match day 11 is almost in the books. It's almost done. There's one game left tomorrow, Brighton versus Southampton. Southampton has a chance to go into the top five if they win. So be on the lookout for that. Let's quickly go over the match 11 scores in case you missed any of the games and you want to you know, be up to date with the scores. Burnley versus Everton, 1-1 tie. Manchester City versus Fulham, um, Manchester City 1-2-0. West Ham, Manchester United. Manchester United comes back from down one to beat West Ham 3-1. Chelsea comes back against Leeds United 3-1. Um, both both of those were impressive wins. I watched both games. Manchester United, they looked like a completely different team in the first half. They they got dominated by West Ham. West Ham could have honestly taken a bigger a bigger lead in those games. Uh, they had like one chance that resonates with me. One on one versus the keeper. Uh, he evades the, the the keeper and then his foot got stuck in the ground. I forgot the name of the player, but West Ham, ha- West Ham missed a lot of chances and then Manchester United came back in the second half strong, put in Fernandez, put in Rashford, and they completely changed the game. I don't know what's up with Manchester United. Uh, they seem to be a different team away from home, away from Old Trafford. Away from home, they have like one of the best records or the best record in the Premier League. And then at home, they've been suffering. They've been... Uh, they haven't been able to get that many points. So a lot of memes popped up about Manchester United. I thought they were pretty funny. But if Manchester United is able to replicate or get somewhat close to the results they're getting away from home, at home, then they could they could really climb up the table. But I think Oli's job um, is, is more secure now. Uh, they've looked better in the last few weeks. So good job for Manchester United. Um, they're slowly climbing climbing back up the table. Chelsea, Chelsea went top of the table after beating Leeds United. They were hoping for some results today on Sunday. But unfortunately, Arsenal couldn't upset Tottenham and Wolves couldn't hold off Liverpool. So they go back down to third. But good win by, by Chelsea. Uh, Banford, ex-Chelsea player, took a 1-0 lead at Chelsea. Um, and then Chelsea, after that, they, they, look, they look good, especially in the second half. Good to see Pulisic back. Pulisic came back and... Uh, Got got on the score sheet, so I was pretty happy about see, seeing about seeing that Werner. Uh, he needs to finish some of his chances. He has a lot of chances, and he he hasn't been able to score as many goals as you would like, especially for the type of player that he came from the Bundesliga. So hopefully, uh, in the near future, he's able to pick it up. And then moving along the scores, Crystal Palace trash West Brom um, today in the morning. Good for Crystal Palace. They're almost in the top top half of the table now. Leicester goes back to winning ways. They beat Sheffield United 2-1. They are now fourth in the table. And, uh, yeah, they'll stay fourth, even if Southampton wins. So, good for Leicester. They had a, they had a fall right there. They, they were first for a little bit. Now they're fourth. Hopefully, 
for them. They're able to at least keep a Champions League spot because I know they slipped, let it go last year. And then this morning, the two games that I was looking forward to, Tottenham versus Arsenal, Liverpool versus Wolves. Tottenham beat Arsenal 2-0 and Liverpool beat Wolves 4-0. So those are your scores for match day 11. And one more time, Brighton versus Southampton kicks off tomorrow, Monday. But as far as the games, the, the key games for this week, Tottenham versus Arsenal, North London Derby. I had predicted Tottenham 3-1. Um, I thought Arsenal was at least going to get on the score sheet just because it's a big game. I thought Aubameyang was going to get out of his his low, um, not even low, it's, it's a big slump he's in right now. I thought he was going to get out of his slump and at least get on the score sheet. I thought he was going to be dangerous. But unfortunately for them, unfortunately for Arsenal, unfortunately for Arteta, more of the same. No, no clear chances. They look kind of lost going up front. And more of the same for Tottenham too. Secure back line, secure the clean sheet, and get them on the counterattack. Amazing, amazing goal by Sun. Joming Sung. He's amazing. That play, oh my God. Sung Hyung Ming. He's he's amazing. I'm a Real Madrid fan, so I, I want I want um Real Madrid to get Sun from Tottenham, but I also appreciate the partnership that Harry Kane and Sun is. So I kind of want them to stay together. They are the best duo in the Premier League. Make no doubt about it. Uh, Liverpool has a better trio. Sané, Mane. I mean, Sadio Mane, Salah, and Firmino, or if you want to put anybody else on that trio, they, they have the best trio. But as far as duos, nothing, nothing compares with the form that Harry Kane and Son are right now. Amazing. Harry Kane gets the goal right before the half. 2-0. And then after that, um, in the second half, Arsenal did have like way more possession, probably 70% of the possession in the second half. But they weren't able to do anything. Um, Mourinho, another masterclass, counterattack, beautiful counterattack, invites, invited Arsenal in the whole half and got them on two counterattacks. Ferocious, ferocious counterattacks. The Sun one is a touch of beauty. It was a spectacular goal from Sun. They did have kind of numbers. It could have played out differently if, if he wouldn't have taken that shot. But Sun, Sun is amazing. Outside the box, probably like 35 yards out, curls it into the top right. Nothing the keeper could do. Um, but amazing, amazing, uh, amazing, amazing performance by Tottenham. I know they're really starting to believe in themselves that they could potentially win the Premier League. And they have the squad to do it. They're in, they're in Europa, so it's not like as competitive as Champions League. I know I know Champions League sometimes diverts some Premier League teams from winning it because they're concentrated on both and both of them are super tough and you have to save players for Champions League and just scenarios and your scheduling gets hella gets really hard. But if you're in Europa, you don't have to save your players as much. You could uh you kind of the competition in the Premier League is harder than in Europe in the Europa League for the most part. So Tottenham is definitely a title contender. They've looked good. They're playing that perfect counterattacking football. And I think Mourinho has Tottenham believing in themselves. They have everyone committed. Uh, you see nine players at the box sometimes. Everyone comes down. No one's too big to not help on the defense. You see Sun running back down, getting 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 uh, dirty, getting, um, you know, back to defend, helping out the defenders, helping out Reguillon, dropping back. You see Kane drop back sometimes too. He's usually the point man. 
He's usually the first outlet when they break. But he even him, he he comes down sometimes too when, when it's when it's needed. And I think one of their main players, Hoiberg, or however you say your name, if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I apologize. But Hoiberg, he's amazing. He's he's one of the cogs of this team. Um he might not get all the recognition, but he's he's been amazing. Um sitting in front of the back four, he's the first he's like the first line of defense, protecting that back four. The way he covers for the back four, the way he's a stopper in front of the back four, that position is crucial in Mourinho's uh, system, and he has been amazing. He's he's the only player that's played all the minutes for uh, Mourinho in the Premier League, so that shows you how important he is. Mourinho trusts him like he has all the trust in Hoiberg, and I think he's performed admirably. As far as Arsenal, as far as Arsenal go, they ten goals in eleven games. It's just not good enough. Not even close to being good enough. Um, Obama Yang, I don't know what's going on with him. He just can't find chances. Uh, the team looks kind of dull. They're, they don't. It doesn't look like any of their players are enjoying their football at the moment, especially when they're playing the Premier League. And uh, the team looks just rather weak. I, I, it doesn't look like a like a good side. You see their players: Saka, Shaka, Thomas. Thomas left with another injury. Um, it's just. Disappointing all around from Arsenal. Disappointing from Arteta because I do like Arteta. I think he's going to be a good manager. Well, I hope he's going to be a good manager too because I, I kind of like him. But this is a rough stretch for Arsenal. Um, it, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for Arsenal moving going forward. I, I just don't know how they turn it around. Like They were supposed to be... They made some um, off-season moves. They look good. They won the FA Cup. They won the Community Shield. They beat Liverpool last year it's just it's it's bad for Arsenal right now if there's any Arsenal fans watching this there might be uh I apologize (laughs) I feel bad for you guys um it's it's gonna be a rough it's gonna be rough and until until Obama Yang can find his form it's probably gonna be a rough time because everything opens up once Obama Yang starts scoring because then he he becomes more of like a threat and you have to pay more attention to him. I feel like even right now you don't have to like devote so many defenders to him because he's just not on right now. He's he's not really a threat right now, which is crazy to cause crazy to say for a player of Aubameyang's um, stature or name recognition. But Tottenham have Crystal Palace next, and then Liverpool. So highlight that Liverpool game going forward on uh, Wednesday. The 16th, that's going to be crazy. December 16th against Liverpool. Everyone should write that in their calendars. That's going to be a crazy, probably um, going to decide somewhat the future of uh, of the league, who's going to win it. Because usually, for the most part, the table after Christmas is the table that's going to end up at the end of the season. Um, there's a lot of statistics that show that there's not a lot of fluctuation between now and then. So we'll see what the table looks like around Christmas time. But that game on the 16th, that's going to be a very important game. For Arsenal, they do play Burnley, Southampton, Everton next. So not the easiest of competition. Southampton has been playing amazing. Everton started off hot. They're still like a pretty quality side. So we'll see if they're able to turn it around or they just keep um, keep on slipping down the table. They're 15th right now. They're four, three spots removed from relegation. So that would Arsenal is struggling right now. Um, I had them in my top four. I, I look like a fool right now. They're making a lot of people look like fools. I know there are a lot of people's preseason picks, and now 
it, they, it just looks very, very rough for them. But for Tottenham, they look like title contenders. They do look like title contenders. Mourinho, he's a master class. If Son and Kane stay in this form, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to stay in this form because they're like in just the form of their life right now. Mourinho needs to get uh, credit for unlocking Kane. He the way he's scoring goals and the way he's assisting right now is like nothing I've ever seen from him before. Um, he was always a goal scorer. He was a poacher. He, he knew how to move in the box. But the way he's dropping into the midfield and playing like a center attack in mid role, playing the cam role, and spreading the ball to like Kane and, and his wingers, it's just delightful to see. And I think Mourinho unlocked him. Mourinho has made him into a better player. So if those two could keep it up, keep up their uh, form, Tottenham are definitely title contenders. But, but Liverpool is not going anywhere. No matter how many injuries they get, Liverpool is not going anywhere. And that would be my transition to Liverpool versus Wolves. What a game. Uh, as a Wolves fan, I can say I am definitely in pain. I am definitely hurting right now. Uh, I kind of saw it coming, especially because we have Raul Jimenez, and that's a big downer. But we were coming from a big win against Arsenal, so I thought we would be competitive, and it would be a great game to see. I did predict... Even though I'm a Wolves fan, I predicted a 2-0 victory by Liverpool. And I wanted to go with the tie. I wasn't going to be crazy to say a win for the Wolves. I kind of I was hoping for a tie, but I was like, all right, like let's be let's be realistic. We're playing at Anfield. So I was okay, Liverpool 2-0 victory. And uh, our Wolves started pretty good. If you guys watched the game, the first 10-15 minutes, hey, we looked there was no like clear chance, but we were dangerous. Neto was running down the sideline, he was getting to the touchline. Uh, and he was getting some crosses in. None of them were really dangerous, but we were like, okay, like we're gonna we're gonna be playing pretty aggressively. We put a back four. I thought they would go to back five. Maybe the back five would have been better, but the back four. I I kind of like this change that the Wolves are doing, going into a, a back four. But I think the the selection did um, surprise me a little bit, just because they played a four three three. Um, they played, Nuno played Patricio, Marsal, Cody, Bali, Semedo, then Docker, Montinho, Neves, Podence, Adama, Neto. And I thought Podence was going to play in the midfielder as a center attacking mid, and we we're going to have Silva at the top. But he put Podence as the main number nine in the three, and then put three in, it, he, four, three, three. I thought we were going to play like a four, 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 three, three, but with like, uh, Potence in the in the midfield, so I thought either either Neves or Den Doctor was going to be off. Potence would go a little bit lower, and Silva was going to play the nine. That's what I was kind of expecting, but to my surprise, Silva was in the bench. I mean, not so much a surprise. He's 18 years old. This is a big game against Liverpool at Anfield. He probably just didn't think he was ready. 18 year old, your first start. You're not really you're not even really getting minutes before the Jimenez. Um, injury. He wasn't really getting minutes, so to just throw him in there at Anfield, I, I, I could see how that could be a little daunting, but I think we desperately lacked a presence in the box, especially at the beginning when we were, when the Wolves were kind of in the game, or kind of somewhat. It's, it's hard to say they were in the game when they lost 4-0, but, but at the beginning, it was a pretty tight game, Like and, and Liverpool, before the first goal, they weren't really getting many chances i mean it wasn't like uh wolves were dominating by any chance don't get me wrong but it wasn't like 
Liverpool was just getting chance after chance. It was a pretty, pretty uh, even game, if I do say so myself. And then even Potence had like a little touch of genius outside of the box. Adama got the ball, passed it back to Potence, and then Potence tried to go for a, a cheeky chip. And it looked like it was going in, but Kelleher had a great save. He shuffled his feet beautifully. I think he took like three steps, shuffled his feet three times, and then he leaped and he was able to like tip it over to a corner. That would have been a beautiful goal. Potence, that would have dropped. All the 2,000 fans in Liverpool would have been silent. But for them, Kelleher, he's he's a good keeper. He's young. He looks like he'll be there for a while. They should keep. They should definitely keep keep him, especially with Allison being hurt. It seems like every month he can't stay healthy. I do wish Allison the best. He's he's not. Uh, I want to. Sometimes I think he's the best keeper in the world. But when Oblog, I think Oblog is the best keeper. But Allison, when he's healthy, he's definitely top five. When he stays healthy and he plays a lot of games and he's in form, he's a top three, top two keeper. But he just gets hurt. He just gets hurt way too often, so it, it's a little iffy to put him like any any higher than like top three or top five. But Kelleher, he definitely has the presence. He comes out for crosses. He he looks secure back there. So Liverpool, you guys have a good keeper. And then after that, game was pretty even, and my boy Connor Cody mess messes. He's, he could have just headed the ball. He tried to control it. It gets behind him. Salah, sneaky, clever as ever, gets gets in there, scores an easy goal. Liverpool go up 1-0, and then after that, they never look back. Jorginho Wijnaldum scores a beautiful goal in the 58th minute, top right corner in the counterattack. Wolves were trying to go get the tie, and then Joel Matic on a cross, and then Nelson Semedo on goal. And there you have it. Liverpool go up 4-0. Wolves were somewhat in the game before Cody's mistake. And then after that, the floodgates open in the second half when the Wolves were pushing forward. Uh, disappointing game for the Wolves, especially the second half. The second half, they showed no teeth. They showed no heart. Uh, after that second one, all them go, it just it went from bad to worse. And I think we really miss Raul Jimenez's presence. I think we do have to start Silva. I don't care if he doesn't have experience. We need a big body, big presence. And he has not looked that bad when he's in there. And those minutes he's getting right now when the games are out of hand or, or you're putting in a lot of pressure for him to go score a goal when we're down, I think he needs to get some fresh 90 minutes. He needs to get a start. He needs to play when we're not behind. So he's a little more loose. He could take his chances. There's not that much pressure on him. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, other than that, Wolves, you got to get it together because now you got to slip down the table. As far as Liverpool, can I say? Champions, great teams, take care of their chances. And Salah had a chance. He saw a mistake by Connor Cody. And, like I said, great teams in, 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 in any sport. I don't care if you watch soccer, football, any sport. If if you if you're able to tough out ugly wins, then you you you, you know you're a good team. Because when you play bad and you still win, that's quality. And Liverpool was not playing bad. By any, don't get me don't get the words twisted. Liverpool was not playing bad by no means. But it was a pretty even game or like somewhat even. And then Salah, Liverpool hadn't really been creating that many chances. Salah finds a chance, puts it away, doesn't. Doesn't let the Wolves get away with it. Doesn't let them, you know, oh, man, like, let's bounce back from that mistake. Nope. Puts his foot on their throat, scores the goal, and then Liverpool 
they see blood in the water and they score three in the second half and they they take care of the wolves which many people consider a tough a tough uh, matchup in the premier league so it's a very convincing liverpool win all in all i want to give wolves low credit but not really like convincing resounding win by liverpool and they completely cement themselves as title defenders they're going to be there the whole way all these injuries that they have and they're still right there Klopp is a genius. Klopp is a great coach. Liverpool is not going to go anywhere. They still play probably the prettiest football in the Premier League. The pass that uh, Trent, oh, Trent Ale- I want to wish back Trent Alexander. He came back from injury. He came, I think, for the last like 20 minutes. And he had a beautiful cross that led to Semedo's own goal. That was amazing. He, uh, no one crosses better than, than Trent Arnold Alexander. The weight he puts on his passes are just amazing. It's a thing of beauty, and it led to Nelson Semedo scoring an own goal. So Liverpool are getting players back. The players that are gone, they're gone. I, I know it's Van Dyke, best center back in the world, but they're making it work. They haven't really let a lot of goals go in since he's been gone, since that first game after he's been gone. They've been amazing. So Liverpool, hey, if you guys thought they were going anywhere, if you guys thought they were not going to defend their title, even with all these injuries, they are. They're Liverpool. They're they're Klopp's Liverpool. So Klopp's Liverpool doesn't back down. They're not going anywhere. Shout out to Liverpool for showing heart despite all these injuries. And they they have a pretty rough schedule, I think, coming forward. I know they have that uh, game I already talked about versus Tottenham in a couple weeks. That one's going to be good. But if I were to put, if I was a betting man, I know Tottenham is in amazing form. I know it was Sun and Kane are amazing right now but if I was a betting man which sometimes I am <laughs> I would put money on Liverpool to repeat the championship they were my preseason pick I picked Liverpool to win the title uh, it might may have wavered a little bit with the injuries I never publicly said anything I was going to play the wait and see approach but Liverpool are still my title my title uh, picks they're going to repeat for the Premier League still my prediction I've seen enough from Liverpool to still hold my preseason pick. Liverpool is going to repeat. And that was my takeaways from match day 11 of the Premier League. Thank you so much for listening to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. My name is Ismael San Juan. And everyone have a great day.